Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome back to the... What's, ru- that, what's that voice? What do you mean? This is the... Intro, this oh, is that's your presenter voice. Presenter voice, okay. yeah. I, I didn't do this with you. Why have you been horrible for? Why have you been horrible? <laughs> As always, we're brought to you in proud partnership with our friends at Guinness. And we have our Guinness Six Nations live shows confirmed for 2019. So we'll be kicking things off in London on the 30th of January with new friend of the show, good friend of mine, Joe Marler. It's sold out now. Oh, you're welcome. And then we'll be heading to Edinburgh on the 6th of Feb, and we've got John Barkley as our guest, before going to Dublin on the 6th of March. I asked Devon Toner. <laughs> Have you asked him? Devon's coming. Hopefully he'll come on. So if you want tickets for the Edinburgh or the Dublin show, check out eventprite.co.uk for all the details and get yourself along for one of those. What about the one in London that you didn't mention? No, we did. Mention London. There's another one. Is there? We're going to announce another London date soon. As you can tell, everyone, sports fans, it's Big Jim. I'm running the show today. I've got Goody with me, as usual, and I've got a much better, good-looking counterpart. It's not Joe Marler. It's Ulster, an island legend. Darren Cavey's back with us. Can we still call you a legend? Is that Are you still in that boundary uh, of self, legendary state? Self-proclaimed legend, yeah. yeah. Uh, Leave me in there. Can I introduce him as something else? Go on. Be careful now. He's captain of the Ulster Shags. Skip <laughs> oh, to the Shags. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. And we had a couple of your fellow teammates on the show. We had Will Addison, Stuart McCluskey. They seemed quite happy. Yeah. Christmas was coming because they were going to be rested. I don't know what they were thinking. Funny boys, weren't they? Well, they were. And this is how it went down. Jim was like, let's get him on and let's abuse KV. No, I didn't. And he said, just, we'll tee him up. We'll definitely stitch KV up and he'll be captain the shags away at Connacht over Christmas and then go into Leinster and get absolutely buried. It's a tough, <sighs> tough couple of weeks for you, mate, isn't it? Talk us about your Christmas and New Year. I, I was watching it and I don't pass judgment because I generally played over the Christmas, over the festive period when the majority of the fans come out to watch rugby. <laughs> yeah, I got a tough time, didn't I? Do you know, I actually felt like I'm now one of the lads in terms of the podcast. You know, I'm now ready to get slagged. I felt part of the group. Oh, yeah. You oh, know, what, is, but... that, is that what it means? So if you get slagged, you're part of the group? Yeah. He's tall and skinny and Scottish. Goody's fat. Yes. I'm captain of the Shags. <laughs> we're all friends. <laughs> and we're all friends. So, you know, in many ways I was sitting listening thinking, Flip, you know, I'm one of the boys now, aren't I? Yeah, happy with it. Yeah, it was a tough couple of weeks, tough couple of weeks, but get, nice to get out and get some uh, game get some game time. So what can you do? Well, I'm looking at the score against Leinster. It was 40 points to seven. I've been in many a game where we've had 40 points. In my mind, you know, as long as it ain't 50. <laughs> You're going out. Yeah, you, 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 we're still heading out. You're still heading out in Dublin. Yeah, well, I did keep it under 50 twice. So, yeah, mate, you know, win him. Three cheers for me. Exactly, exactly. Before we carry on with the UK, I just wanted to ask Goody, because I don't know if you heard his New Year's resolution was to get back in the gym. I've got a front shot uh, this time because I'm hosting, not a side shot and I still see a hernia in there <laughs> Mate, oh. I've still got Christmas swelling there's many people around the world that have got Christmas swelling inflammation yeah training I'm just waiting for the paperwork to come through in the gym to be honest what paperwork you know membership and all that stuff and um, next I'll, of kin details that's yeah, it, that's the main yeah. one because you know if, if I'm on that um, in that sauna and it just gets too hot and I pass out and then you know they've got to call the missus but you are, are, you, are you by, st- by, you, by the end of January I, I will have joined a gym Will you? I, th- I hope. And what's the target? What, what What's the target weight? A lot of people are asking, you know, why is Andy Goode heading to the gym? Is it, I mean, you're not coming out of retirement even though Newcastle needs you, but... Mate, I might have to. I have been approached. You, you, were, you were big last time. Now you're huge. So what's the end goal? Well, the funny thing is, when I, when I came out of retirement and saved Newcastle, I don't know, have I mentioned it before? Never. 20, 2016, post-Christmas, 10 Premiership games on the spin. Ended up getting nominated for Premiership Player of the Year. You know, just minor details. Just humble stuff. Just, just humble, minor humble details. details. And, and Newcastle stayed up and London Irish went down. And, you know, Jim, you were supposed to sign for London Irish and you didn't go through with that, did you? No, I just knew it was uh, Well, time. You, did, you did sign for London Irish and you renegated on your contract. But that doesn't matter. But I look back on some of those pictures. And I thought, I'll play for Newcastle because it's a black shirt and black is slimming. My first game happened to be away at London Irish in a white shirt and on my belly. Well, your belly button's hanging out the bottom, that's why. <laughs> anyway, let's get on to a bit of ruggers. How's it going in the Guinness Pro 14? Okay, we're looking at, how oh, good at Edinburgh, hashtag always Edinburgh. Second. Yeah, and Treviso, Treviso third? Yeah, I think the third. Everything you touch turns to gold, Jim. True. You go over, dress up as a mascot, run around like an idiot, and I look at them. Look at it, mate. They're flying. They are. But if you rewind that a year or so, he went to the Dragons and did a documentary and... Bird Jackman got the sack. Mm. <laughs> and they've won one game in about 44 years or something. So it works both ways. Yeah, I mean, I have been at Leicester as well, filming a documentary there with the Academy. And I don't want to state the obvious, but you look what's happened to Leicester over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's just that, how, how would you say, an aura. Yeah. I was going to say an era. Just walking around the, the changing rooms and being in the corridor. Just, you know. 
It's like Martin Johnson. That's what it is, Goody. Oh, my God. But, Kay, we haven't, talking, we haven't spoken too much about the Pro 14. Give us a little bit of insight about how that's all unfolding because over this side of the pond or the border, if it's Wales or Scotland. Do you know what the pond is, Jim? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Atlantic. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> the pond is the Atlantic. So <laughs> You can go around that way anyway if you want. You can, yeah. You could, yeah, of you course could. you could go around and come back. How's the lay of the land in the Pro uh, 14? Not if you're a flat earther, you couldn't, by the way, Jim, but... If you're a what? Not a, I didn't understand a word. What did you say? Yeah, I don't know. I was speaking Belfast there. Sorry. I said, not if you're a flat earther, you can't. A f- oh, okay. You a flat a, earther. You call him a cunt. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get, I, get, I get it. Give us the lay of the uh, land of the Guinness Pro 14, because we don't speak about it enough on here. Hashtag always Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been, it's, it's been a tough few weeks for us. You know, that those Christmas games for us, we were home to Munster, away to Connacht, who are uh, having a great season, and then away to Leinster, who have got about... 60 or 70 points in the league already so it's been uh, it's a tough time for us but it's also a good time um, for the Irish teams in particular get to see a few of the young players in action and um, like Darren Cave like Darren Cave 31 years <laughs> young um, I think I was the only person in the back line who was above 21 yeah so listen ultimately what we want in Ireland is to have a successful national team in four successful provinces and if you want that you have to play young guys at some stage like we don't want to get to a stage whereby if someone's injured or you're resting internationals you're bringing in journeymen from all over the world to fill these spots so I love, um, I love the way you looked at Jim when you said journeyman travelled man <clears throat> okay travelled man yeah and I know it's very topical in uh, uh, England obviously with everyone talking about ring fencing the premiership and um, I'll not get into that because I don't know enough about it but uh, careful we could get your deal in the Let's not forget what happens when you come on the podcast. Yeah, well, normally sign a contract extension. It could be, it could be last minute. It could be like a Newcastle or a Bristol or a Worcester. I mean, I'm not stereotyping. I'm just saying <laughs> London Irish. Know. It could be London Irish, and then we could be London Irish, and he could go through the contract, not like you did, Jim, but sign it, play for him, and be on air every week. Sign it, turn up. Stand and watch preseason, and then tell the fuck off at the end of preseason. Like Goody did, <laughs> like Goody did, you mentioned, and that means we, and that, that means we can get rid of Joe Marler as you well. Horrible bloke, you are. <laughs> true. Well, I hate Quinns as well. <laughs> oh, uh, last week you said you supported them, Jim. Ridiculous. Let's talk a little bit about the Prem. Big game on Friday night. Oh. Sale absolutely smashed Saracens. They did. They did. They did to Saracens what Saracens did to other teams. It's one of the, I watched it on Friday night. It was like oh, the ref, the ref, the ref. He's terrible. There's no way the players can respect the ref the way he's talking to the players I'm like you what one of our uh, fundamental ingredients of rugby and the way it works is respect and the players respect the referee or have to respect the referee if you don't agree and Farrell and Billy Vanapola they both had a massive pop at Billy the linesman Farrell the way he's talking to Matt Carley and someone comes on Twitter and says to me how can the Saracens players respect the ref the way he's talking to them well that you are Saracens got done over and I, what I found most disrespectful everyone was just talking about Saracens how good was sale. Man, it was were, all about them. Man, they were they were ridiculously good. And interestingly, I tweeted the referees having a shocker, and then I pulled the tweet down because did, did it, you at him? I, of course. <laughs> I actually I wasn't watching. Of course. And then you tweeted that, and I thought, let's have a look here. There was just a couple of decisions. Farrell's tackle, which he got yellow carded for, but it was more Will Skelton's tackle close to the line that he got a ping for that I think might have come in from the TMO, and I felt oh. the Saracens were hard done by at the time. Yeah, well, we had the debate on the phone, didn't we? Yeah. So when, you, when you're watching it, he's given the penalty against Skelton, which shouldn't have been a penalty, but what his process, Matt Carley's process was, he said to the TMO, is that a no-arms tackle? Have a look at that tackle, but let play go on. Just as he, Sailor attacking the line, the TMO comes in and goes, yeah, it's an arms tackle, penalty only. So he's playing another phase of advantage. And then Matt Carley's blown up and said penalty. As he's blown up and said penalty, no arms tackle. The TMO's come back in and gone, oh, no, actually, it wasn't. It was play on. But he's already given the penalty. So the decision was wrong. But Matt Carley's like, oh, I'll give him the penalty. I'm, I'm going to give the penalty. I have to now. Because the TMO, it's the TMO that's made the mistake. And I'll get onto it later. TMOs in the Premiership this weekend had a stinker. Yeah, Farrell's tackle... First time I looked at it, I thought, yeah, fair enough. Then you look look back from a few different angles. He's definitely high. The reason is Ashton's running at force. And I think, is it Billy or Will Skelton that... Will Skelton. Fi- Will Skelton finishes off the tackle. So the collision's quite big. Big Willie, ta- Little Willie. Big Willie, Little Willie's a big man. Upstairs. But <laughs> you look at it there. Far- I think it's what's gone before him. Why Farrell's Far- been simbin. Yeah, I think there is a bit of that. But I also think you want to be able to have a consistent referee from game to game to game so when you see a tackle like that as a fan you want to go that well that should be a yellow card as well but it's the perception there and then of the player and how much force they put behind it and Charlie Hodgson I tweeted about it after the game Charlie Hodgson was he's a Saracens man he's also played for sale but he's a Saracens man 
uh, spoke at half time. He spoke about Farrell's tackle technique. He said it was a yellow card. The force behind it, it was a seatbelt, but with force. And Matt Carley's gone, that's a yellow card. And I'm, I'm okay with that, as long as he does that for the rest of the game and does it to everyone. We've got Josh Bowman on the phone. He can tell us a little bit more, not maybe about the tackle, but about how big a win that was for sale. How are you, lad? You're right. the, the son of the future Prime Minister of <laughs> England? <laughs> sir. You, son sir. of Sir. Son of Sir, we'll call him. Exactly. So, yeah, unfortunately, Rob Weber was quick onto that for me. Uh, as soon as the news came out, he, he messaged me saying, uh, unfortunately, I don't, I don't get any kind of royalties about it. But um, no, he's done well, I suppose, hasn't he? <laughs> He's done, he, he's done very well and fair play to he's done a lot for rugby over the years and obviously a massive job at world rugby at the minute and um, you know credit to him but are you are you calling him dad still or sir or how's it go down he says I'm only allowed back back in the house at home for my Sunday lunch occasionally if I call him sir but <laughs> I, I can tell you that, that ain't happening it's uh you know, me and my brothers will keep his uh, feet firmly on the ground, so we'll stick with Dad. Mate, you have to go through his PA, that's for sure. Mate, let's talk about the game. We were just talking about it uh, as you come on the phone there. Massive win against Saracens. A, a lot of people were talking about how Saras- how bad Saracens were, but it was actually the performance from Sale and from you guys, which was phenomenal. You yourself were playing in the second row. What's it been like after that? Steve Diamond mentioned that you had your Christmas party after. Yeah, well, we, we, no, we went out for a, a few of us went out for a few drinks after the game there. Uh, quite late by the time we got out but I know the Dupree boys were uh, heading back to South Africa so we, we always plan to kind of uh, you know send them off well and um, yeah as you say it was a massive win for us I think in my six years I've been at Sale we've only beaten Saracens once before so um, you know the form we're going into the game we knew we were capable of it and we just kind of all week leading to the game just focus on ourselves we had a bit of a shorter training week and what was pleasing as well is that we came from behind obviously sorry the team that once once again from often tough to peg back and you know we played some good rugby out there on Friday and, and we were clinical when when we got into their half and took the three points and obviously scored a couple of nice tries as well and off the back of that I think you're unbeaten in five premiership games now aren't you yeah since um since I think we obviously got off to a slow start of the season the first six weeks we're missing a few a few players and gradually kind of got guys coming back into the team from international duty and, and, and from fitness and yeah we just slowly been building nicely we had a good win against Saints at home which was crucial it was a bit of a scrappy win but it was important just to get the momentum going again and then Bath away picked up a draw so it's be, just been building nicely and we had a blip against Bordeaux at home in the cup that I think it was probably the best thing for us because it kind of refocused us and obviously we've got a big game coming up against Connacht away this week. And then obviously it's been a, a, a quite an interesting couple of weeks uh, for Sale. A big win down at Gloucester. You've signed a new deal as well and then the, obviously the, the win over Saracens. But let's just rewind it back to that game at Gloucester and what happened after the game with Steve Diamond and, and Sam Peters. Was that spoken about with the lads or not? You know, I know Diamond's pretty well. And did that have a massive impact on how you approached the game against Saracens? Because that's the most aggressive I've ever seen Sale play this year and it was pretty impressive. Is that something that's come off the back of a bit of anger coming out of Dimes as well? Not at all. I think obviously given Dimes is past with, uh, he's been involved in Saracens and he always likes to uh, turn them over. So that incident wasn't mentioned at all in the week. Dimes kind of, he did mention it briefly to say, look, you lads just concentrate on the rugby, let me deal with everything else. And we were aware of it after, after the game, but we were just kind of enjoying the victory. It's not often that you win down there, and it was a good win for us away. So, yeah, it didn't detract anything from, from our performance. And I say, it was, you know, when the champions are coming, coming to your place on, you know, in front of a decent crowd on a Friday night up in, up in Manchester, then the motivation was always going to be there for us. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Diamond did mention the fact that the exposure that you guys get up north, yourself and, and Newcastle, is probably not where it needs to be. Performances have shown that. Do you find that as a player, having been up there a few years now, that the kind of exposure, not necessarily the respect that you get, but, you know, difference to the London teams and the Southwest teams, do you find that at all? Maybe so. Um, it's a tough one to gauge, really. I think hopefully Friday night will we'll go some way in, in terms of people talking about us more. But I think at the moment we're just happy to kind of slip under the radar. It's obviously a very tight league this year. And if we get another couple of uh, wins under our belt, then you know we can start seriously talking about that kind of top four, top six. And you know hopefully the press will then start coming you know, come into more of our games and stuff. But, you know, we'll just kind of get on with it and, you know, I'll leave kind of dimes to dispute that. Hi, Josh. It's Darren Cave here. I'm captain of the Bibs at uh, Ulster Rugby. How's it going, mate? <laughs> captain of the Bibs. Yeah, not too bad. I had your mate actually over this weekend. He was uh, he stayed over on Friday night. He was at the game. He's, uh, you must have been spending a bit of time with him because he's uh, picked up a bit of an Irish twang in the oh. few months he's been there. Well, that's actually what I wanted to ask you about because he gave me a bit of shit on here a couple of weeks ago. So I'm looking a bit of dirt on him. Um, I know he's got a bit of a shit lid, but uh, mine ain't great either. So that ain't going to work. So I need something I can uh, dish him up with. Have you got anything for me? That was it, really. I've just been, I've been, I know he was on here a couple of weeks ago and I, that, that was my recent stuff to him. But 
No, he's, uh, he's, he's been keeping his head down, hasn't he? Well, that's what he's been telling me over there. So, uh, you know, maybe I'll, uh, once I think of something, I'll, uh, I'll drop you a message. Well, while we've got KV and he, he's active uh, on the microphone right now, he might be able to give you a bit of insight into Connick. His, as I say, he played played the last couple of weeks. So do you want to give Josh a bit of insight into what it's like over there? It's away, isn't it? Yeah, we're away. So, uh, hell of a night out. Got, hell of a night, hell of a night out. out, yes. I've heard, I've heard. We've got Mike Forshaw, who's coached there for a bit, and obviously AJ McGinty was, was there, so... Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that one. Hopefully uh, hopefully after a win as well, a Guinness will taste better. Yeah, Connor away has become a bit of a speciality for me, especially in and around Boxing Day. But um, <laughs> uh, all the best to that one, mate. It's a, it's a, it's a tricky enough fixture. I'm sure uh, Will uh, Will was there um, physically, but I'm not sure he was there in spirit in and around Christmas. He was <laughs> looking forward to his week off. Uh, so all the best to that, mate. Yeah, just make sure you pack a shirt. Um, anyway, let's go back to Sale quickly. Let's talk about Ashy and the impact that he's had. He's a big friend of the show. Him and Jim don't necessarily get on that well uh, but I love Ashi he's a brilliant character the team's obviously form has, has improved massively over the last few weeks since he's come back from injury it's not all about him obviously but how good is it having a character like him in the squad and a quality player yeah he's been massive for us over the last, last few weeks he's just desperate to win and he really drives that in training and in matches as well he's, he was great at the back for us on at full back driving our kind of defensive defensive performance he was kind of yelling at the forwards all game telling us where to go getting us off the line so he's been that bit of experience and that desire that he's brought has, uh, has really been beneficial for us and something that we probably missed early on but you know he enjoyed his kind of extended off season but it's, it's great to have him back now. And Josh just for you personally as well I know you've been playing the second row and obviously featured in the back row a hell of a lot as well what's your where do you prefer playing? I'm enjoying second row at the moment. I think the further I go on, go on in my career, that's that's what my position's going to be. And I've enjoyed kind of getting a good run of games together at second row itself more recently. So I'll say second row for the time being. But I think it's it's always beneficial when you can slip into the back row as well. And do you have someone you know like someone that you looked up to in the second row that? You think I want to be that sort of player? You know, obviously not Jim because he was a mall destroyer, scrummaging machine. <laughs> I've got James Phillips next to me uh, in the row at the moment, and he's he's pretty good at leading to kind of that mauling stuff. So um, the, no, co- I, the I, Coke I, can, I, James Phillips. <laughs> we, we, uh, I don't know why. I don't know. You, you can ask him. Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea. No Ve- idea. Um, Vegas, two thousand twelve. <laughs> well, Josh, well, I think a, guy, a guy like Nathan Hines when he first came to sale was massive for me in that, in that second row. He was um, he was a top bloke and similar sort of body shape to me and looked after himself. So uh, you know he's some, someone who I looked up to uh, when he first came and learned a few dark arts off him as well. Mate, good stuff, mate. Well, you both playing uh, really well in that second row. So uh, mate, good luck to you this weekend. Tough place to go and play in Connor and uh, tell Big Bill I was asking for him as well, please. He looked at me once. <laughs> Will do, will do, yeah. Pack a shirt, mate, Good for the mate. weekend. Enjoy. Thanks, lad. Mate, his dad looked at me once. He looked at you? Yeah, he looked at and me, And he yeah. thought, who the fuck are you? No, he knew. Oh. He knew. He gave me a nod. That's quality from Bill saying, you only come into my house if you call me sir. And then Josh's mum goes, shut up, Bill. Get back in the kitchen and do your chores. And he just walks off and just does his chores. Because we all know that women are the bosses in the house, aren't they? Not in mine, mate. I'm the boss. Casey, <laughs> what, what, what's your get up there? Why am I here? Ma- I want a, comp- so- a competition. Ma- <laughs> <laughs> I'm the super fan. Married? I'm married, yes. The kids? No, no. Don't, no, do, don't do it. Don't not do yet. it. Not don't. yet. Don't. Right, and when you do, get three nannies. It's easy. Talking <laughs> to kids, I've got to give a shout out. It's my, <laughs> my son's birthday today, JJ. Oh, he's such, eight. Such a bad dad. No, he listens to the show with his mates. No, so, he doesn't. Yeah, of course he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I give him a shout. He's eight today. So. And you've arranged to do the podcast on your son's birthday. What a shit, Dad. No, no. I'm just a good host because Cavesy could only come in today. But JJ's your favourite, isn't he? He's the eldest. He, he's, at the minute, he's showing the most promise, the most physical prowess. But I'm basing that on the fact that he's oldest. Yeah, he's so, happy birthday, happy son. Happy birthday, JJ. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah, I love you and I like the rest of them, um, the children. <laughs> right, Worcester. Yes. What about that game? Everyone's talking about it. The 99-minuter. It was a shambles towards the end. It depends on what you call a shambles, though. Now, obviously, it's gone. Bath have ended up going down to eleven players. First and foremost, uh, wrestling is not condoned in the in the world of rugby, and a DDT clear out from Batty. What is, what is he thinking? Oh. <laughs> Pile drive him into the floor, head first. Maybe it's the same relationship that you have with Wardy. They just hate each other. Loads of people. Let's talk about that. Actually, loads of people with Wardy have messaged me now, going, "Yeah, I'm completely with you." Who? Come on! I'm not going to say that. You can't say that. I'm not going to be. And Who? talked about that story. I forget this right. So you, we, we know we're talking about that story in, about Bermuda when he was. Mate, look at him. He's getting rolled up again. We were playing the charity game, and he was going around turning people over. Charlie Matthews, who was on his team, 
the, enfor- the self-proclaimed enforcer. Punched him on the field and said, stop being such a cock and he's on the same team as him. Really? Yeah. Anyway, let's forget about that. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, the, the DDT or whatever you want to call it, straight red card. No yeah. qualms with that at all. And do you know what? A lot of credit goes to the referee, Ian Tempest, because it's a very difficult position to be in. You've got a home team camped on the away team's line who are losing by five points. All the fans are wanting blood and, and wanting every offside call called and scrums are going in a bit of a shit fight and all this stuff. The easy decision, and I've spoken to Martin Gillingham, who was commentating on it, he said he would have been perfectly within his rights after about two penalties just to give a penalty try, game over. Yeah, what do you mean, seven. just give a penalty? Off one of the scrums, for one, Yeah, yeah, from one of the scrums, from one of the penalties, to give a penalty try, and then it's game over, because it's a seven, guaranteed seven points, you don't even have to take the conversion anymore, Worcester win. But what he didn't want to do is make the decision of, I'm giving a penalty try that could be debated. He's gone through the process and he's, he's penalised. He's, he's reset scrums that you could have said, I'll just give a penalty or a penalty try, where he said, actually, I can't reward that. And I've watched it back, and he handles it all very well. The only thing I disagree with, maybe, is when Alec Bruce flown in off the wing, offside, hit high as well. That could have been a penalty try. It's not that he didn't want to give a penalty try. He wanted to make the Worcester earn the win fair and square, and he- they scored the try. And you know, Bath defended a scrum... And it was 14 against three on the outside or something, and they score. I thought he handled it quite well. Yeah, really you know, well. I think we're becoming more and more like football, I think, where we give referees bags and bags of shit. You know, it's it's tough. It's a tough place to be. And even with Alabru, when he did, um, listen, whether or not he was right, but he acknowledged the fact it could have been a penalty try. Yeah. And he said, look, I think there was cover. I don't think it was a certain try. Um, oh, they're, so sco- they're scoring that all day long, aren't they? Yeah, pr- I mean, 99 <laughs> times out of 100, yeah. but at least he is acknowledging it. I'll tell you what, if that was Scotland 2007, we wouldn't have scored that try, just to let you know. So <laughs> Tempest was right. Well, because you'd have been on the outside and you'd have dropped it, or was it the backs? It, it, it was the backs. Our <laughs> backs were shocking at <laughs> that era. But Tempest, I, Tempest did very well. I thought Bath were trying to get the game written off. I don't know what it is. If you go down to seven, what is it? <laughs> How many more does it take? I was like, go on, keep going, keep going. <laughs> but yeah, 15 on 11 at the end. Uh, but fair play, and it's a massive win for Worcester. I was going to say, that's yeah. massive in context of the season, Goody. Yeah. Is my voice different now I'm Are you trying to do a presenter voice? Yeah. Just, not, just be yourself, yeah. mate. Yeah, all right, well, I'm looking at it. I think it's when you're reading. No. But we love, we love a bit of Worcester. I'm always on here bringing them up. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> nah, no, not because of that. Why then? I told you before, because of the Ulsterman there. My mate Callum yes. Black. Dorado. <laughs> if you Google a Dorado fish, yeah, that is what Callum Black looked like. That was his nickname at Worcester, Dorado. He he went off after 55 minutes, uh, loose head prop, and then got dragged back on at Imagine about 95 that. at tight head. Imagine that. And then stuffed them in the scrum as well. Yeah, so like fair play to your, him. Your back seized up, your socks are down, your calves, <laughs> you can't. Yeah. The 4G, the 5G pitch, whatever G it is. You've had a couple of cans of coke already. Yeah. You sat there thinking, nah, this ain't me. Yeah. And talking of old school, Yes. Dino ain't going to be happy, is he? Oh, he'd be spitting. He'd be spit Feathers. Feathers? Spit. Well, they played Quinns, didn't they? Just spitting. Newcastle are going down at this rate. Whoa! Oh, I like the way he said it at this rate. Now, it's, now it's becoming clearer, Goody, that Newcastle are... In a hole. In a hole. Very big hole. Why? Let's start that, because there's a couple of rumours that a couple of their key players are leaving. Yeah, I Callum mean... Green being one. They've got, they've got quite a few injuries. Uh, Gonover's been in and out um, who was the, one of their star players last year Toby Flood and Joel Hodgson their two fly halves are out injured and the way you look at the Premiership this year it's an indictment on how the Premiership was last year so Newcastle overachieved last year there's no beating around the bush you know every club wants to reach the dizzy heights of wherever they can get to but they probably aim for top six ended up finishing fourth and other teams like Northampton were poor last year weren't they and Quinns were shocking last year yes, now yeah they were they were really bad those teams have all improved this year and bounced back and Newcastle the expectation is well they finished top four last year so I was like well they should do it again this year or at least finish top six and the premiership is that much tougher and more competitive this year and at the minute they're sitting bottom Worcester got that victory in the last minute over Bath and tiny little momentum shifts are huge in the Premiership. You know, I think about four weeks ago, Jim, you tipped Sale to get relegated. Now look at them, they're fifth. Exactly, I did. Well, now it's becoming clearer. I would never have said that Newcastle were getting relegated. No. I said at the beginning of the season, I thought Worcester. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. And looking at it again, I didn't realise how close the bottom was with Worcester and Bristol's. Mate, Bristol's could go down. I think they're too good at home, Bristol's. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Newcastle play Worcester uh, during the Six Nations, which is a huge relegation battle. But that's the thing. You look at Newcastle. If you're the coaching staff, all you're thinking now is premiership survival. You have to be, yeah. And you've got to go to Montpellier away. Yep. I think it's... Saturday. I'm commentating BT Sport. Hell of a game. Oh, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. commentating on the Edinburgh hashtag always Edinburgh too long game. Okay. we go to too long. But talking about the two teams at the bottom, or the few teams at the bottom, Bristol. Mate, they were next to close. Bristol, yeah. are, good. Bristol are good, though, eh? Well, you said they could... 
two minutes ago you said they might go down. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, are you, what are you on about? Yeah, Make your that, mind that, up. That doesn't mean that they're, they're not playing good stuff. The most competitive premiership we've ever seen, Goody. Yes. But Bristol, yeah. Um, Pat Lamb had a bit of a moan, didn't he? About line out laws and. Oh, I did see that actually. And about, that's how they scored their try. It's basically saying the players uh, are offside as they're joining the mall. Because what Exeter like to do is more to the cow sheds and back, don't they? And it's a Saracen's trait as well, bringing extra players in. You're allowed to bring them into the mall once it's gone past the mark. Yeah, once correct? it's gone past the mark, yeah. Not if it's static. But, I mean, again, they can sometimes be a free for all, can't they? And we've seen it before, haven't we? The offside line in defence as well, when, yeah. the, when the line out's over. How many times referees give away penalties for that? And I think ultimately, and. Uh, yeah, for our listeners and, and everyone, referees and touch judges generally just look at the defensive team. So there'll be keep the there'll be one touch judge keeping the defensive team back ten meters, and they look at them encroaching, but they don't look at the attacking team. Yeah. So maybe now this weekend, because Pat Lamb's highlighted it, and next time Exeter play, then they'll say actually that is a penalty against them, and that's something that Exeter will. I've got no doubt Rob Baxter and and the coaches down there they're very switched on coaches. They'll change things so that that doesn't get picked up, and they'll go back to it maybe in six eight weeks or whatever. Well, we've got a man that's in the middle of it all for Exeter. We've got Gareth Steenson on the phone. Gareth, are you there, mate? Yes, I am. How are you doing? You all right? Steeno! 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the car. I've got the kids in the back seat here, so oh, if you oh, hear yeah. them talking to you, you can say hello to them as well. One of them's about to fall asleep, mate. Oh, we'll be quiet then. Oh, good. Well, good. He'll be, he's all right. he'll be fine. Keep him awake. I don't want him to fall asleep yet. Uh, good that's idea. fine. Well, we'll keep it clean, mate. He'll be used to uh, listening about rugby, I'm sure. But let's just talk. You've obviously got a big game coming up this week, but let's just look back to the game on Bristol because we were just talking about it then. Tougher than you would have thought? Bit of a local derby down there? I don't think so because to be fair they're a very strong side really you know um, the, the way they came out it was a good day for rugby and they've, they've been playing some good rugby as of late and obviously the week before they put in a fight they got five points uh, against Newcastle so for us it was very much you know we've got to get ourselves up to the game and again like you said it's a local derby and there's no such thing as an easy game in the Premiership and something we've found and now that we've got ourselves up at the top of the league we know teams are going to come after us we've just got to look to perform well every week and uh, we spoke about it last week and uh, you know I, I'm a big fan of Exeter and everyone down there and Rob Baxter and everyone and you go back a week or two weeks actually you, you smash Saracens at Sandy Park uh, comfortable victory easy win against them Rob Baxter said you had your Christmas party celebrated hard and then perhaps wasn't the best preparation to go to Northampton uh, on a Friday night short turnaround after getting Absolutely tanked up the week up week before. Um, how was Christmas, New Year, and all that stuff? And did that defeat to Northampton concentrate the mind a bit more to know that Bristol are coming? It's going to be a tough old battle. Oh, you know, like you know, it's like at this time of year, Christmas is tough, especially with us with a short turnaround going into a Friday night game was never never good. Really, um, we went in early in the Sunday morning, had a bit of a bit of a recovery session, and then it was two days off, and then come in for for a bit of a light run around and then travel up to Northampton. So it was never going to be an easy prep week, but we're under, we're under no illusions. Everyone else is in the same boat. But we had a full week's training going into the Bristol game, which was probably good for us. We kind of needed it just to get back into things. And yeah, we tried to refocus the minds and stuff. Um, but yeah, for us, it was just getting away and then getting ready again, like you said, for a big week this week. Steno, it's Kivy here. How's it going, mate? Not too bad, you good, man? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Listen, uh, talk to me about, um, you know, trying to transfer that Premiership foreign across into Europe. Is that something that uh, Rob Baxter and the group, uh, you guys have spoken about? I was definitely at the start of the year. We're probably we're a little disappointed, obviously, with how we started the competition. We felt we, against Munster um, in the first game, the weather conditions didn't allow us really to play, and it sort of ruined the game for both sides. But to be in the position we were, we were right in the line right at the end of the game to try and potentially win that game. And then to go over to Cast the week after and again be in the same situation, albeit, you know, we got them down to 14 men with a red card. But again, we probably should have banged that in that result to be sitting on their try line with a minute to play. Again, if we were in the Premiership, maybe we would have knocked that in, you know. So we're aware that um, we want to try and perform a specific way. We've changed in the past, probably trying to do things that we're not normally used to doing. But we've talked uh, very much about trying to just let's play the extra Chiefs way because we feel if we can do that, we're in a good shape. Mate, your pool's been crazy, to be fair. And after three rounds, it looks like you guys didn't have a chance. But now you obviously have. You've got a big game against Cass at the weekend. How do you focus on that in, in training? Because it'd be interesting for the listeners to hear when you obviously analyse these French teams, is it as difficult as people might think because they're a bit unpredictable? Yeah, I think, well, you know, like you say, they're always big, big teams in France and they always look to play a very direct and physical rugby. And we we know very much so that we want to keep the ball in play and that's the type, type of game we want to play. And we've talked about putting in an extra Chiefs performance because we feel that with the game that we have, if we put it on teams, you know, we, I think the biggest thing we 
a couple of weeks ago, like you said, we played Saracens. That was the first time we've really played our game against them. And we showed that we've got a lot of confidence out of that game if we perform like that against arguably one of the best teams in Europe. We can uh, come away with results. And it's going to be no different when we come this weekend. We know what we've got to do. We've got to go out and win the game. Um, we're aware we've got to try and pick up as many points as possible. Uh, but it's not something we really focused on. Because we know if we if we can get two wins over the next couple of couple of weeks, you know, we'll see, we'll take where we are at the end of it. And obviously, we want to try and pick up extra points or deny points where we can. But ultimately, we've just got to look to go out and hopefully get a performance that'll allow us to win the game and hopefully we can collect points along the way. And just looking at the way extra are playing at the minute, obviously, um, it's been sort of showing up highly in, in Premiership rugby and everything like that. That. You're turning down opportunities to go for goal, to score tries. That's the sort of mantra that Exeter are looking at. With that in mind, going to these two games, you've got Cast, who actually this is the first time that Cast is still in a competition going into round five, I think, for Donkey's years. And then if you beat them and Gloucester potentially beat Munster at home next week, you're going over to Munster for what will be a huge knockout game, effectively, won't it? And that must mean something to you being an Irish boy as well. Oh, yeah, yeah of course it does. Yeah, look, it'd be great to be able to go over there and have something to play for. Um, we've said that very much if we can win this weekend, we put ourselves in that last 16 situation where if we go over there, you know, it's knockout rugby. So that's the way we're kind of approaching it. We kind of know that, like, yes, it's a big couple of weeks ahead, but we've got to get a job done this weekend. And, like, absolutely, it would be a great thrill for me, a couple of other lads, Ian Whitten, if we can go over there um, with everything to play for and everything to fight for and to have the potential to go and soak up the monster atmosphere. It'd be something new for us all something great but um, we know we've got to do a good job this weekend first. Stino, we know the standoff's been going in your garage for a few years but uh, recently it's uh, open to the public now in Exeter am I right in saying? Yes you are yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you'll, have to, you'll have to get over and get down into it please. We were going to ask um, would it be uh, you know, about a live show down there and I wanted to know is the Guinness taste as good uh, down in, in that place in Exeter as it does back at home or would Goody still have to put a, a drop of blackcurrant in it? No no there'll be no blackcurrant now we don't serve it with blackcurrant that's the one thing I stipulated whenever we uh, were talking about doing this if Amen. it doesn't sell the best pint of Guinness um, you know in the southwest, uh, we're not going to open the place so uh, I've had good feedback on it and we're very pleased with it so far so I don't think you'll need the black currant in a place I, I always need the black currant. I've got a sweet tooth, Steno. You know me. But, mate, talking of the pub as well, I know the kids are in the car, so we can't talk about the initiation, but that's it isn't one of them where you, where you walk through the door that you, if you're a rugby lad, you have to do an initiation. That, that, you can come in there, have a quiet beer, and, and just go about your own business, right? Yeah, you can do it every way. It's open to the family. It's open to whatever you want. It's open to rugby lads coming in. So, you know, we've got the live music in there, boys playing the fiddle or whatever you want them to do. We've got plenty of screens for the live sport, whatever it is, you know, whatever tickles your fancy in the day some good food, like some good Irish food as well. Mate, definitely. I'll be keen. I just want to ask a couple more questions as well, just um, on your um, form as well, personally, because on the back end of the season, obviously Joe Simmons was playing and now you're back in that 10 shirt. Um, how's that been, uh, the competition uh, at that position? Oh, it is. You know, like, that's a good thing. We've got a real good, healthy competition between the, between the pair of us, really. You know, um, it's been really good. Uh, it's really pushed me on, to be fair, because uh, I, I, I understand where I am in my career and I just enjoy my rugby. I think in the summer, I just sort of I had a couple of conversations and just sort of realised, look, you know, a couple of years to really throw myself into it and, you know, enjoy every moment you get to play because, uh, you know, they're, they should be cherished. And that's the kind of way I've kind of approached it, really. I just want to go out and enjoy the games. And if I, if I don't play one week, well, that's that's just the way it is. And, but we're pushing each other real well in training and hopefully it's portraying the best uh, best of us on the pitch, really. All right, mate, you're playing bloody well this year um, at 10 and he's doing a pretty good job at fullback at times as well. But for you, Stine, obviously you've got the bar now. Um, you just said then you've got a couple of years left. We talk a bit on here about post-career stuff as well and, and other people dealing with that situation and planning for their future. You've got the bar. Have you got any other plans? you want to go into coaching? Is it something that you've thought about as well to get into yeah. other places outside of Exeter maybe? Or are you going straight into the coaching with Exeter? Is, is that a plan? Well, I've kind of just sort of put that in place, really. So I've got uh, the next couple of years, hopefully, you know, if the body holds up and everything goes well, playing and then moving into the coaching side, looking after a bit of kick and roll and sort of working with the boys in the backs and in the academy and stuff. So, uh, you know, it's pretty pretty well mapped out for me a little bit. The bar itself is just something that's a bit of an interest, really, on the outside that I've had an opportunity off the back of my testimonial sort of allowed me to get to meet a lot of business people in and around Exeter. And it's been really exciting, really, to sort of see other things. And But again, you know, I'm very much, the club's very close to my heart and uh, I'm very much 
very much trying to push the club forward as best as possible, whether that's me on the pitch or whether that's me doing something different. That's what I'm really looking at. So, yeah, no, it's all good. I'm, uh, you know, I'm really enjoying things at the minute. Like you said, I'm just trying to enjoy my rugby as long as I can possibly. And you just said how much the club means to you. Uh, you know, you've been there since the championship days. There's a lot of talk around the, the ring fencing of the premiership and stuff. So be interesting to hear your thoughts and, you know, Exeter being one of them success stories. What are your thoughts on all, all this news this week on the ring fencing stuff? Look, to, to be honest with you, it's one of the biggest moments of my career to be part of a club. To actually, well, it was a bit, you know, for us, we were the first. It was the first time the club had ever got up, you know, and the euphoria that went around that. It was, it's, you know, the, the next best thing was winning the Premiership. But I still say one of the greatest nights I've ever experienced was winning the Championship with this with the group of boys that we had at the time, and then to go up and with the same group to throw yourself into playing Premiership rugby is something that'll you know, forever be with me and I, I, I'm one for, you know, I, I definitely believe in pr- promotion and relegation because it definitely allows for meaningful games throughout the season, you know, and it means everybody's fighting for a point every single time to take the field and it, it makes the competition really strong. But again, it's up to the powers that be for me. Like, it's just it's something that part of, part of our culture is, you know, us getting promoted was such a big thing, so... Well, we'll see what happens, really. Mate, here, here. Completely agree. Keep promotion and relegation. With you on that. Cheers, Steno. Mate, hopefully we'll see you down the standoff bar in Exeter yes, very boys, soon. Yes, boys. Definitely. You get a drink on you when you come down, right? I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring the black current, mate. I'll bring the black current. Oh, yeah. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll need it. Good luck, mate. Good luck this weekend. Cheers, pal. See you later. Cheers, boys. All the best, right? Good luck. Cheers, Cheers Steno. He's, he's a top boy, isn't he? Yeah, nice lad. Mm-hmm. I, I used to love playing against him for the challenge, obviously, because extra decent team. He's good, but it's probably different for backs and forwards here. And Jim might not understand this, but I love playing against people that are mates with, and you can have a crack and all that stuff. And I'll be giving Steno banter in the game and all this stuff. And you do that, you can do that. In the what, what banter? What are you saying to him? Oh no, just having a bit of a chat. Oh, fucking good nudge, son. He'd be like that nice belly goody and stuff, <laughs> just like flying at each other in fun ways. Fours can't do it. They're just like no. I could oh, never. I could never have band. I could never have band. I'm with goody. I like a bit of. I like just a bit of. Even if after the game they're going, that Darren Cave guy's weird, isn't he? Yeah. I'm happy enough with that. Yeah, At least they're not saying he's shit. Yeah. <laughs> See, you mentioned to me, and, and do you want to say it live on, on, on air, when I ran over you um, at the Wolfhounds? Was it the Wolfhounds? Oh, was as it? I, as I do said, you remember that or not? And I ran, and literally there was no, but I just laughed as I ran over and went, take that, you. <laughs> People, when they retire, their careers miraculously get better. Kevy, did you text me that or not? Was it me or was it another player? I think it was another player. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was Devin Turner. Oh my word. It's so weird isn't it? How I've convinced myself that that happened but yeah. yeah. Mate, you convinced yourself that you were the top 10 best second rows in the world ever. Here's an interesting question. Yeah. Why do Irish people say good luck? What do they know? Do they think something bad's going to happen or not? It's the Irish like, thing. He, he, he went, instead of saying bye, Steno. They all say good, good luck. Yeah. Uh, good luck. Nice, nice thing to say. Yeah, it's a nice thing to good say. Good luck. Uh, go on, you bus. Well, go home where? <laughs> he is. <laughs> Steno is a bit of, He's a legend. I yeah, remember going over to Exeter for, I think it was a Wolfhounds game. Uh, he wasn't playing. He, I just couldn't believe this guy. He's like, he's like Lord of Exeter. Mm. He's a proper king uh, down there. Yeah. So imagine what he's done though. So he's been part of the team. This is what he said then. He's been part of the team that gets them promoted. And he said he looks back on that as one of the best nights. So he's like, I want to know what he did that night. Yeah. If it's the best night of your life, you're remembering that for a good reason. Um, anyway, and then the progress throughout the, the the Premiership, and there's only a couple of them that are still there from the side they got promoted. I think it's him and Dolman and yeah, maybe a couple of others. And then they go and lift the Premiership. Talk about this ring fencing, and it's massive in the news this week. You have to have that ability to for an extra story because there are clubs in the Championship that hopefully in two, three, four years' time will have the ability to come play in the Premiership. They're not ready now. Um, the likes of Eden Trail Finders. Coventry. Are, Coventry. There's old Altamians that are in the league below that National 1 or whatever as are well. They? They've got loads of cash. And these people have dreams. The owner of Chinna Rugby Club, he's got a shitload of cash. Uh, they tried to get me to come out of retirement again after retired uh, to play champion, uh, National 2, I think it was at the time. I'm just like, mate, there's a... You can't afford me. <laughs> well, no, you could. That's <laughs> that is zero. Oh, really? Oh, mate, How much offer you? Immoral amounts of money to play in that <laughs> league. And all brown envelopes. It would be well. immoral to bring you onto a rugby pitch ever again, oh, Goody. No, my missus said you can still walk, just just leave it. Although Newcastle, Dino phone me. I mean, anyway. All right, let's talk about the last couple of Prem games. Leicester, Gloucester. What a win for Leicester. Amazing. And your mate, I'm going to say it here. George Ford played exceptionally well. He was brilliant, well. mate. And Dan Cole. Can you say that again? Mate, I, I thought Fordy had a great game. Yeah, whoa, Fordy, whoa, Fordy. listeners. Yeah. Listeners, you've heard it here first. And you can say what you like. I've been hanging around Leicester and they still, are He my still t- hates you. No, they're my team. He give you a nod. Leicester are my team. Hold on. Um, Leicester no, are your team? Time. Hold on. 
Well, of course they are. Oh, you were a Quinns fan last week. Yeah, I like Saracens them. the week before. I'd say, I'd, yeah, I'd say Sale was my team. Whoever wins. Sales, <laughs> you're a man of the people, Jim. <laughs> I am. Sale's my team. But Leicester is the team that gave me my life. And I've always said that, Goody. Well, Mrs. Goody gave you your life because you'd have been banged up in prison, wouldn't you? She's a great woman. <laughs> great woman. Um, yeah, mate, it, and that club, Leicester, obviously have been through a tough time. And hey, presto, once the board listened to me and gave Jordan Murphy the full-time job and took away the interim tag, they've been on fire. Oh, here he is. So arrogant. You're welcome. It's got nothing to do with me being no. there the last two weeks. <laughs> Gloucester are a bit disappointed, though, weren't they? Mate, they, they were, they, they no, were poor. No Cipriani, no att- their attack was yeah, a bit blunt. They got a load of injuries, Gloucester, as well, up front as They're well. They're getting some boys back. Yeah, they I are. I was down in Gloucester last week. Yeah. Interviewed Sips for uh, our subscription service, patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Check that out. Become a subscriber. That's coming out next week. And do you know what? I went down to Gloucester, the training ground at Hartbury. How nice is it down there? It's nice, mate, where dreams are made. The, uh, oh, you're a Gloucester fan now as well? Cause well I played at Gloucester, I was right, captain okay. there. You know when you go to a club that you've never been to, and I have a bit of, always have banter with Gloucester fans, they're like, you hate Gloucester. I'm like, no, I just dropped the goal to knock you out a few years ago. Going to the club, lovely people. Johan Ackerman, David Humphreys welcomed me in, the Ulster boy. Um, yeah, welcomed me into the club, offered me food, there's chicken galore there. Trevor Woodman was there, Alex Brown, second row, team manager. Everyone, all the players came over, shook my hand and said hello and all that stuff. Really nice people. You know when you've not played for a club and you get that reception? It's feel good. It is. I felt very nice. You've not added anyone there, that's why. Uh, do you know what they did there this week, though? Do you know what they did ahead of the game this week? Munster game? No. Ackerman? Yeah. Rolled in a crate of beers for them. Sit round. Oh, can, can you roll in a crate of beers? Yeah. You can't roll in a crate of beers because a crate is... Wow, dragged them in. Drag them in. Went, you, went through you'd the roll, game. You'd roll in a barrel. Maybe roll in a barrel. Anyway, a load of beers for the boys in the changing room. Spoke about the Leicester game. Short turnaround for them. Or less training this week. What a guy. Sips is back. Sips is back. There's the difference. Should we talk about the the big one? The relegation decider. Should we talk about Wasps Northampton? Oh, Mate, what, what, what a game. How good was Wasps? It was a diabolical game. No, it wasn't. It was awful. Hell of a game. Loads Set of mistakes. The, the second half was average, but it was exciting. I thought the first half was average. Loads of mistakes. Knock-ons galore. What, Referee what Rob Northampton. What, robbed them. What game are you watching? You are absolutely <laughs> clueless. I just Jim. don't know whether Wasps are delivering the product on the field. Launchbury's back. Robson, Big difference. Robson's back. Launchbury's a difference to that team. You wait. We get Jimmy Gopeth back soon. We've got Sopawanger back in form. Wan de Jong scores that try. He's Wonder back try. in the team. Wonder try. Yeah, I mean, yeah. RC Tuala absolutely lost his arse and just bottled that. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Juan de Jong puts the grubber kick through. RC Tuala is first to the ball and he pulls out. And he, he didn't d- want it, mate. He did no not interest. want it at all, did he? No. He's thinking, oh, this is the shags. It's Sunday at Carve. I ain't fancying this. But no, Wasps were good. We, I mean, it could be. It should have had a bonus point. Probably got a little bit lucky as well, and Wasps' luck has been down. Let's, be, let's not beat around the bush. I put them in the bad last week. We were one win in 13, um, and it took a lot to put Wasps in the bad last week. It hurt my feelings as well. And the owner said to me, don't do it again, Andy. I said, no problem. Give us a pay rise, and he went, okay. And the bit of luck we needed was that ludicrous decision to award us a try, and we'll, you know, we'll take it. And I, I thought, you know, I'm very honest and fair on Twitter. Wasps' try, Billy LaRue's try, should never have counted. As Ryan, he slid back over the... In, into the in-goal area. The ball's touched the floor as he's in possession. Therefore, the play's over at that point. Um, and it should have been a scrum to Wasp five metres out. He's got up, not knowing that he's grounded it. Played on, offloaded to uh, someone, I think it was Collins, who's then offloaded to Nairavaro. Six offloads and knock-ons later, and it's yeah. a try. Uh, Nairavaro's off, offloaded straight to Villaloo, try time. And the TMO, what are you doing? Just buzz in and go, it's not a try because he's touched it down. It's... Scrum to, to wash five metres out. But we'll take it. We're up there with the big dogs, Jim. Mate, you are losing a few players. And on that note, social media, we had Reese Hughes tweeting, do players inform their teammates of when they're moving clubs at the end of the season before it's released in the press? Or would Wasps have found out about Jake Cooper-Woolley like the rest of us? Well, I mean, we spoke about him leaving potentially. It's obviously been confirmed. Yeah, he's, he's signed for sale and Wasps have known it for quite some time Sale here's the truth of the matter Sale offered a lot more money than Wasps um, Wasp valued him at X Sale offered Y and he's, his missus wants to move to Manchester as well um, I think she's something to do with work or nothing to do with it she absolutely hates living in Cov you've got to be a special type of person he's, to be he's, to live in he's, he's been a Wasp player for six years um, and bones of the matter are Sale have offered him a lot more money and, and I don't know time length of contract but apart from Saracens every other team sticks to the to the salary cap and so doesn't manage to find a way of matching whatever anyone else offers them and they um, it's a jigsaw while we're on social goody Casey let's talk about a few more so we've had James Robert 
James Robert. 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 Happy New Year from Kanazawa in Japan. Can- for- oh, Kanazawa. Yeah, Kanazawa. Who knows? Who knows how to say it? We should learn that before we head to the World Cup. What are your thoughts on Alex Dombrant as a potential wildcard for the Six Nations? Big ball carrier, six slash eight, six foot three and 19 and a half ston. He said he looks similar to Dave Ewers before his injuries. Um, Big call. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise you if Eddie Jones sticks him in for Bantz and because Eddie does what Eddie wants to do. But, you know, he's had some good games for Quinns and fair play. Is he, you know, Six Nations back row? He's not fit enough. I've watched him, mate, quality player. That's love, love Jim, that's out of order. No, nah, it's man. not, mate. I've watched it. Mate, I, lo- I love players. Like, I, ain't, I ain't at him. At him and saying you're not fit my, enough, son. He ain't having him. My fault. Mate, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Big difference, though, between, yeah, between playing in the huge. winter. Pitch is a bit heavier. Monster ball carrier. But, as we know, international rugby is very different and you have to be... So fit. The story's great. He's he's a uni. He's been at uni, a uni lad, uni bod, and all that stuff. I know he loves uh, a few beers, so he's my kind of player. Um, he's got a horrendous rig at the minute that Paul Gustard said he's sorting out, and he will improve week on week and improve the experience and exposure to playing regular Premiership rugby. And with that comes greater fitness levels and potentially uh, a World Cup bolter. Maybe. Right. Let's roll through. Big week. Champions Cup. Goody. Anything that sticks out? We've mentioned the extra cast game with Steno on the phone. Uh, some big games actually, isn't there? Obviously, Gloucester Munster is a huge one. That that pool, Gloucester having been down down there last week, they feel they they've got the ability to beat Munster at home and then go to Cast and win, and and then could potentially uh, win the group if not be one of the best runners up. So hell of a ding dong in that group, and Munster must be sat there thinking. We've got two tough battles, but we'll fancy ourselves. KV, yeah. and you, mate, you're off to Racing. They're, off to, they're coming to us, yeah. So that's obviously the game of the weekend. We all know that. Uh, other than that... No, uh, Len- Leinster-Toulouse is probably the game of the weekend. Yeah. Leinster-Toulouse. Like Leinster, uh, one thing I will say about them, um, just qualifying for the... They're going to qualify no matter what happens yeah. this weekend. But that's where they're at at the minute. That's not enough for them. Because they know if they are at home, that's a, that's a cinch. They're, they're not getting beaten at the Viva by anyone. No. Nine times out of ten. So it's a ticket to the semi-final. If they get a home draw in the semi-final, that's ticket to the final so um, they're they're absolutely gunning for this game uh, and Toulouse know how important it is as well so that's going to be another great game as well but your, your game is absolutely massive isn't it? and you know we, we've spoken about it a lot on here with Ulster and the troubles and hard times of last year to where they're at now and where you guys are at now it's phenomenal the difference isn't it over the six months and to go into this game knowing that you're at home against Racing you win and you're potentially in control of that group going to the last round of fixtures away at Welford Road aren't you last game yep you know, nothing gets more exciting, does it? Yeah, and they're um, like they're a serious side. They're probably along with who Leinster, uh, Sarries, a couple others have been the best teams so far in it. But at home, um, like we're we've been pretty formidable over yeah. the past. Uh, since the start of the competition 10 or 15 years ago we haven't lost that many times the French team so uh, it'll be it'll be a serious battle but at the same time Racing they'll know they can put the group to bed if they come over and do a job so plenty on the line What about Edinburgh-Toulon? We've got to talk about it come on Yeah no Edinburgh Mate, in a great position aren't they? Edinburgh beat Toulon they're through Yeah I mean Toulon are out this is, in, uh, this is now in uh, Edinburgh's hands basically yeah. I said that Montpellier will win the group a few weeks ago and then I've looked at Montpellier's form they lost at home to Lyon last weekend on paper that last game between Edinburgh and Montpellier should decide the group. But what Cockers has done at Edinburgh has been phenomenal. They can go to Toulon this weekend and he, he gets Toulon. He's coached there and he understands the ins and outs of it. Toulon are a shambles at the minute. Lost again at the weekend uh, away at Racing. Could have got hosed, but actually showed a bit of bite, to be fair. But they're out of the competition. So I expect actually expect Edinburgh to go there and win. And mate, Cockers has come out and said it'd be the biggest achievement in Edinburgh's history it would. to go there. Not just to beat Toulon, but to qualify. Mm. So I'm buzzing for them, Goody. Yes, I Another am. Another team you're supporting? Of course, mate. Hashtag. How always. many teams do you support? A few. How, how are your kids going to choose a team? Well, I let, I let them at least I'm loyal. At least I'm loyal, mate. I support the team that pays me. pays you. <laughs> of course. A few rumours, Goody. Mate, we just announced them here. First, I, I'm getting fed up of people saying that they announced them first. They didn't. Jonathan Joseph to Northampton. Well, you say that. This is this is this is a bit of an agent play, I think, for Jonathan Joseph because he hasn't played a long time at Bath. Bath, they want to keep him, but they're not offering him the terms he wants. I think, from what I understand, he thinks he's like a half million pound player plus. He's turned um, himself about. Yeah, uh, and I think at the time he was trying to put the put the fear up at Bath that he's going to sign for Northampton, and now Northampton are talking to Ryan Crotty and some other worldy outside centres. And who else are they talking to? I'm trying to think. Sinclair, I've heard. I've heard Carl Sinclair's talking to them. We're talking outside centres, Jim. Yeah, I know, but don't, I'm I mean, don't, don't worry about positions, right? Mate, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> he can play in the centre as well. Northampton are talking to a load of other outside centres that are Southern Hemisphere-based quality players. So I, I think John Joseph's, 
if he's got a contract on the table from Bath, he'll probably just sign that. What else you got? Uh, what else have we got? Callum Green. Big one. Leaving Newcastle, going back to Tigers. Yeah. Will Whitty. Second know. row. What's happening there? Potentially leaving Newcastle. Well, this is the thing. When you bottom the league and you start thinking, I'm out of contract, it's tough. It You've really got to go. is tough. But then the flip side of it, Mark Wilson's just signed a four-year deal for Newcastle. So, you know, it's tough times at Newcastle. And players that, you know, are some of the players going to be cherry-picked the best ones because it looks like they're in this relegation battle. Then it's easy to think as a player, well, actually, if I go to a Leicester or an Exeter or somewhere else. I'm definitely playing Premiership Rugby next year. And this is the market right now. You, you'd think in two, three years, you know, Caves, you're here. You, know, you did your contract for a one-year deal, didn't you? And it's, you know, you're thinking, can I get a two or a three-year deal somewhere or am I signing them one year somewhere else? And it's just positioning yourself as a player to see what's out there. And it's tough, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, it is fickle. And then when you get over 30, especially when you're a back, everyone's like, ah, he's done. Yeah. He's done, he can't run. Yeah. Uh, can can which, you? Which is true. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah. So it, and it's it's very fickle as well. Timing and like we're having a conversation about how Jonathan Joseph, uh, like almost laughing off the fact that he'd be worth half a million. Yet was it eighteen months ago he was a British Lion. Yeah, and a lot of British Lions are on half a million. Yeah. So, so it's about timing. Um, and obviously his injury profile. He's been out for a long time now. And you know clubs they look at that don't they? And take, do they take a risk on a player that's been out for a long time or what? We will see. Big one though. Yeah. Go on. You say it. Paddy Jackson. Yeah, that's the big one for me. You already had him going to Leon, lads. Yeah, well, no, he's, I know he's chatting to Leon. London Irish. Yeah, Declan, Declan Kidney gave him his first cap. There you go. Makes sense. Yep. Kidney Bean. Obviously, Les Kiss is there as well. So he's a hell of a player. He's a brilliant player. Who is? Paddy Jackson. Is he? Not Les Kiss. He's Mate. retired. Yeah. I, I, I've watched him for Perpignan and he hasn't looked great. I mean, the circumstances around him obviously being in Perpignan yeah. aren't great. We know playing like, in France. Per- Perpignan are- uh, poo. Garbage, poo, 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 mate. Yeah, um, they haven't got the budget. He he's gone in there late and all that stuff, and he had a terrible year personally last year. Why shouldn't he be able to go and play for the Irish? I hope he does, and I hope he rips it up. Is he a good player, Kevin? Yeah, yeah uh, he's phenomenal player. Yeah. And uh, and listen, you go to Perpignan. Um, he's learning French. Yeah. Um, the team are struggling in general, so the chances of him massively excelling yeah. and, and standing out are slim to none. Um, even though he has twenty Ireland caps, I still think he's underrated because he was a little bit in in Sexton's shadow. And I think a move like that would be brilliant for him. Mm. And uh, don't be don't be surprised if 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 you see him uh, really standing out again and hitting, hitting the heights over the next I, couple of years. I, I hope he does. Say. I hope he does. And then speaking of half half a mil, London Irish spending big. Apparently, Steve Maffey. Half a mil. Well, there was talk of him going to Leicester. And then I think that there's a U-turn now, half a mil to Irish. Apparently, it's a rumour, Goody. I don't know. You're looking at me. If Steve Maffey is signed for London Irish for half a million quid, he has the best agent in the world. Because there's there's no way that London Irish should be paying half a million quid for Steve Maffey. I I hope he's earning half a million quid. I really do. And I hope he's saying to his agent, I used to love my agent and I still love him now. Duncan Sandland, Esportif, best agency out there. Right, Cavesy? Yep, great agency. There we go. I hated mine. (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's get into it, Goody. The good, the bad and the ugly. Or shall I do this as well? Shall I do this segment as well? No, mate, you've you've not done a good job. No, no, I felt that way. All over the show. It hasn't gone well. Um, The good, loads of good again as ever. And we'll start in my second favourite league, the Guinness Pro 14. Benetton absolutely smashed Glasgow, 20 points to 17. But Glasgow, they have been a big team in the Pro 14. They are a big team in the Pro 14. Benetton, four wins on the spin for them. Um, We'll move away from the Pro 14 then, and we'll move to the top 14. Toulouse, unbeaten in 12 games after beating Agen away. Back into Europe this week. Massive game against Leinster. They were pretty good this week. Claremont dominating La Rochelle, who were third at the time. 44 points to 19. Claremont are on fire. Really? Yeah. All right. On fire. I mean, they've got all their players fit again. The likes of Fafana. Laidlaw. Para. (laughs) My favourite player, Baselli Yato. Good player. Yeah. They are back and dominant in the top 14 this year. And then we'll go to the Gallagher Premiership. Where should we go? We'll go to Wasps, shall we? Oh, hey. here he is. Dig yourself out. We'll go to Wasps. Back on the horse, Jim. Wasps are back on the horse. I don't know what horse. Lady Cadaver horse. Possibly, yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, with a decent win against Saints. Uh, Thomas Young, how good? How fast? Yes. Ridiculous. So fast. His work rate's unbelievable. Mm. And when I was at Wasps, and obviously Di was his coach, and Di did a few interviews uh, over the last couple of weeks. I saw him. And, you know, everyone's talking about how well Thomas is playing and stuff. And I remember I used to go in his office and go, Di, you have to pick your son at seven. He's unbelievably tearing the house down at training. He's ridiculous. And I was like, goody boy, I picked the team. Get the fucking hell out of my office. 
and I should bring in the chocolates. So I come back in the next day with some chocolates. He said he's in. <laughs> he said he's still not in, but give me your chocolates. Um, no, he was he's phenomenal. And I tweeted on on Sunday how good Thomas Young. He's definitely got his mum April's jeans. And I always used to say that I was like, fucking hell, die. He's unbelievable. That postman that was knocking around back in the day. Don't look like a die, does he? I've thought that. Um, so Thomas Young was pretty special. Uh, Leicester, I thought they were back to what you'd expect from Leicester, a quality dominant performance oh, we, we uh, over even, Gloucester. We didn't even chat about Olofi's non-try try. Oh, here we go. All right, then. He's got it. He's shaking it. All right. Uh, so Leicester, dominant performance against Gloucester. Uh, George Ford played well. Dan Cole is outstanding as well. He two, was very good. Two players that Jim has absolutely rinsed uh, on I here. I haven't rinsed them at all. You've been horrible. horrible. You've been mean. Harlequins are in the good. They finally put on a show against a poor Falcons team, winning 38-17. I think there was something like 35-3 up. or Ridiculous stuff. Like that, just after half time. Um, it shows what they can do without a spitter. Oh, mate. Too much? No, you're right. Yeah, you're fine with that. And so we want. A shout out to Mike Brown, at Mike Brown 15 Not sure whether you're allowed to, uh, is it play on, is it not play on? You now have to um, But he follows me on Twitter. I'll and follow me. him. And me. He's broken Quinn's appearance record. Phenomenal achievement. I think it was his 308th game. Couldn't believe that. Ridiculous. Which is outstanding for him. So congratulations to him. But the good this week goes to, we had one of their players on earlier. Sale Sharks. Oh, okay. Absolutely ripping the life out of Saracens, dominating them, bullying them, physically intimidating them. They basically did to Saracens what Saracens do to other teams and now five games unbeaten in the Premiership. Great to see. And I thought they got a bit of a tough ride in the press because no one was talking about how great they played. That try that Solomona tries when they just picked the Saracens' defence on that switch play. And how good is Sam James? Sam James, quality player. Is he a northerner? Yeah, big, ah. he's a big lad as well. Hard as food. He is a big lad. He's 6'3", 6'4", and strong, quick. England, mate. Hell of a player. Uh, Can play 10 as well. Quality player. Um, So the good this week goes to Sale Sharks. The bad. Quite a bit of bad, actually, this week. Uh, We'll start off with Newcastle, my old team. Five straight defeats. And funnily enough, it's the worst run since just after I saved them in 2016. So, you know, I'm just saying. We need need to get Dino on here, don't we? We need to change the fortunes for him. For 60 grand a month, Dino can save you again. (laughs) You what? Um, Ulster, Cavesy, just go quiet for this one. Just got absolutely dominated over... In Leinster, it weren't dominated. It weren't fifty, like I said. It wasn't far off. Well, and, it wasn't, yeah. Um, we go over to France. Montpellier lost at home to Lyon. Yeah, sack Vern. You want to get Vern sacked? No, I've heard he's leaving at the end of the season anyway. Oh, you are retiring. You horrible yeah, man. Horrible man. Me, I don't like him. Would you at Vern Cotter? Yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they were, Montpellier pretty bad. Saracens bad, bad, bad. Don't often put them in the bad, yeah, but. True. Uh, they were bullied by Sale, but for me, it wasn't about the ruggers. It was more about them losing their heads. Faz, the way he spoke to the ref. Billy, the way he spoke to the linesman. It's all good for Saracens when it's going their way. They love yeah. it. They're clapping. They're doing all this. And But they had their asses handed to them. It's been a tough three weeks for them. Lost to Exeter. Only just beat Worcester a week after. And then got bullied up at Sale. So you hope they can bounce back and... Beat Leon away. Mm. And I think they will, because Leon haven't performed... In Europe, they're doing well in the top 14. Um, and it's classic French team out of the competition round five. Saracens will go there and dominate them. So and they'll Marrow, be okay and, this and week. And Marrow's back. They'll apparently. be okay this week, but I just wanted to put them in the bad because it's Saracens and yeah. they're not often in the bad. And Elliot Daly's going there, so you're offended by that. Another bad. Carl Heyman, suspended by Poe. What's happened? He's had a, he's the coach, he's had a bust up with some players and they've suspended him. Oh, Carl Heyman. You don't do that at Poe, do you? <laughs> When you're having a poo. I don't know whether it's uh, his fault. I don't know what's happened. Obviously, there's been a big fallout between him and some of the players. And ultimately, as you know, as a coach, if there's one of you and, say, 10 players that don't aren't happy and something like you've had a bust up, it's normally the coach that goes. So player power's obviously done something there and he's been suspended. Yeah. Some sort of bust up. Uh, I don't know, but it's not good. But the bad this week goes to the TMOs. TMOs have had a shocker this week. Here, here. We'll start out on Saturday and David Rose. David Rose, remember the old ref, David Rose? I remember Rosie. Jordan Oluwafella has scored an absolute perler of a finish. A worldie. Unbelievable. There's no way he drops it. Doesn't drop. He's got control. He's in touch. It. He's touching the ball. Pictures clearly show. Didn't even affect the result. What you on about? Give the try. And I actually liked Austin's reaction on BT Sport because he's like, said what you've seen that's a joke that's absolute rubbish that it wasn't a try um and i think we should have more of that just people in the media and commentators 
being honest about things. He spat on him. That's a try. Just say what you see. Um, so David Rose had a shocker. And then on Sunday, Jeff Warren was the TMO for Wasps against Saints and Villy LaRue's try after Cobus Ryan had slid back. And the play was over because he's touched the ball in the in goal area, which should have been a five metre scrum. And this is how honest I am. That shouldn't have been a try. Wasps should have had it chalked off. And should have lost the game. And it might have led to them losing the game. Who, Who knows? knows? Who knows? Who knows? That shouldn't have been a try. So the bad this week goes to the, all the TMOs that have made bad decisions. Not all of them, just those two, basically. Um, the ugly, uh, only one place to go with the ugly this weekend. And it goes to Ross Batty and his neck roll slash DDT slash WWF move, whatever you want to call it, straight into the floor, head, face, the lot, on a 4G. You got a three-week ban, has he? Yes. There we go. Yeah. So the ugly this week goes to Ross Batty. Right. Also, we've got to give a quick shout out as well to friend of the show, Stephen Ferris. He's climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in aid of the IRFU Charitable Trust. He's doing it with Shane Byrne, the best mullet I've ever seen. I love a mullet. Marcus Horan and Mike McCarthy. And the four of them are taking a team from each of the four Irish provinces with them. So a massive good luck to all the lads. And bring your oxygen packs because oh, yeah. it's not easy up there. Thanks to everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our new Superfans monthly subscription service, patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. That's it. The rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. pod.